Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by Uni and Andreas as we dive into the astrology and tarot for January 2020. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and drop us a review and share it out with your networks. All right, let's jump into this. Hello, guys. So grateful to have you both here and a brand new year. Hey, hey. So good to be here. Happy to be back. We have a wonderful episode for you guys today. We're going to be covering the two main tarot cards for the year of 2020. So these are powerful cards. They're really going to set up the energy for the entire year. And we're going to do a high level overview for the major transits and movements of the planets and aspects for January of 2020. So to set it up, Uni, I'd love if you introduce the two cards that we're going to be talking about and then elaborate upon their significance and influence for the year ahead. Okay. The two cards that we decided to pull from were the Emperor being the first card. The reason for that being is that we're entering a number four year. And four being the card of the emperor is actually the first card that is tied to a zodiac sign. So it carries some of that Aries energy with it. And if you've looked at the symbology within the card, it's an emperor sitting on his throne and he has four ram's heads, which are representative of that Aries energy. And historically, he's been perceived as the fatherly figure of authority establishment structure in the tarot but for me personally it takes a different type of meaning to him and i feel like it's more about you really stepping into your own personal power and when you move from that space it gives you an opportunity to take up the space where the Capricorn energy is really moving you through the doorway asking you how are you going to show up on the other side of that doorway and it's asking you to step up to the plate really and the more rooted you are in your own truth the more comfortable you are and confident with moving outside of your comfort zones and empowering yourself to take on these decisions knowing that you have everything that you need in order to get the ball rolling and make it work in your favor. Aries energy being the energy behind the Emperor card, it it gives us this reassurance of initiation, newness, beginning. Um, That fire energy and that fire element really helps to catapult us into this new space to really step within ourselves to apply everything that we have learned and to do it with this freshness and this new clean slate of knowing that we're going into this, not starting from zero, but building from experience. So that's a wonderful card, I think, for 2020. It's a great initiation process. It's a great new energy to associate to this year that we are coming up to right now. The Emperor, when I look at the Smith Rider Waite version of the classic card, he's on a throne And behind him is this beautiful mountain range. And that really signifies that he's backed by the knowledge of the experiences that he has gone through Mm. to have achieved this higher placement of power that he's in. And he's got this beautiful golden crown. I think that's a sword in his hand. Is that it's an actually apple? so it's an ankh. It's, it's a, an ankh. It's an Egyptian symbol where the cross itself, instead of it being a point on top, is rounded. Yeah. The beautiful thing about the ankh is a symbol that can very well be used to in your mind move energy in a way where 
as the energy comes from the roots and starts going up to the crown, instead of it having an open-ended top like a normal cross would, that energy then gets cycled right back into the same crown. Mm. So it almost gives you this representation of what it means to have your own cup filled. In order for you to help fill other people's cups, you want to make sure that your cup itself is overflowing because then you can actually help to pour into other people's cups. When you are just pouring from an empty cup, you're not really giving much of your best efforts really because you're you're drained and so the ankh is a great representation of what it means to ground yourself in that energy and also allow it to rise up so that you can pour it right back into yourself and keep that cycle going mm, i like that because that creates a toroidal flow and like for me at least when i hear that it makes me think of that heart and mind connection how they're both speaking to each other and it's coming out and then back in and you have to keep that flowing to be able to move from that space of wholeness like connecting yourself and your higher self your heart self and your head self yeah and i was saying i, I thought that was like an apple in his other hand but i i think it's actually just an orb but it's funny because when i look at it i thought apple because i see him so much as a teacher right and when, mm. when i think about the symbolism of an apple not like apple have right. an apple iphone or something but the symbolism of giving someone an apple is something that we grew up you give your teacher an apple an apple mm. a day keeps a doctor away like these ideas around an apple so it's funny because that's the power of tarot we can sit here and discuss what we're seeing and what the traditional explanations are for the imagery but even you yourself listening to this episode right now if you sit with your own tarot deck at home and you look at those cards whether they're the smith rider weight classic deck or a totally different deck there's so many decks out there there's so many different pieces of wisdom for you to tap into that you'll see for yourself. So me seeing that and thinking, oh, I think that's like an apple. It's just because I'm connecting to my soul self to go, I see the emperor as a teaching card. And of course, all of tarot is here to teach us, but he's in a position of power because he had great teachers mm. and that mm -hmm. he had community behind him. And that's what I'm seeing with the mountain range. And that's how I feel about the setup of this whole new year for 2020 is that we've all come a very long way. We just had 10 years drop on us. They're gone. And I know for myself, at least I'm feeling it really strongly because 10 years ago I was 18 years old and now I'm 28. And that's an interesting 10 year shift from being 18 to 28. And just think about yourself, do the math. How old were you 10 years ago? How old are you now? And it's, entering this new decade, I feel more conscious of it than ever before. Mm. Because 10 years ago when I was 18, I wasn't thinking, where will I be in 10 years? I was thinking, get me the fuck out of high school. Right. <laughs> like, I didn't care about anything else, you know? So now I'm just so much more evolved. And, and that's why I can take so much more from this imagery. And I love that you pointed out that that's an ankh. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I seriously was like, this is the weirdest looking sword I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. this is, we're learning together and I love it. Right. Mm. And the associations I think are beautiful too, because like you were saying, with regardless of the deck that you might be used to or that you might be looking at or that you've never looked at really, it's when you look at it, that your interpretation of it will create the life behind what the symbology will mean to you. We're all very unique in our own processing with our thoughts and visuals and we all learn differently. And so when you look at a card and you can have, you know, the first initial reaction of what that card is meaning to you or saying to you, or, you know, you can definitely remind yourself that all of those things are valid. Your associations to your learning are very uniquely created for you. 
And so this card, I look at it and I feel majestic. It's like, mm. you know, sitting in that throne, in your own throne, feeling majestic, feeling powerful. We are ending a cycle right now. It's a 10-year cycle, whether collectively or personally. We've acquired a lot of knowledge, experience through trial and error, through whatever it is that you want to call it. And so now stepping into this new year, this 2020 year being a four year, it's about the integration process. How are we going to integrate everything that in the past 10 years has deemed as uh, apparent? And why is this the card of the year, right? People listening to this might be like, what, did they just choose a card and that's the card? Well, that's how we do our energy readings for all of the other episodes. But this card, we didn't determine. The universe determined it because of math. So tarot actually goes hand in hand with numerology. And I'm still learning a lot about numerology. And actually, I'm learning a lot about it through tarot Mm -hmm. because they're so closely connected. And so the year 2020, 2020, 2 plus 0 plus 2 plus 0 equals 4. That's where we got the emperor card from, just Mm -hmm. so that you guys are following along with the why behind this card being the overarching theme for 2020. The designated assigned card Yes. through the math, through the simplicity of going back to basics with math. Yeah. And it's not the only card. Yeah, it's not the only card. Uh, and just going back to the math part, uh, fours are really about structure and like the coming together, like stability. Um, for the second card that we had pulled, it was actually judgment. And we chose we chose judgment because we are in 2020 and the 20th card in the deck is judgment. And that carries a lot of notes of integration with it, of having time to sit with something and being able to digest it. Just as the emperor is sitting there making his decisions based on all the nods that, he, that he's acquired through trial and error over time, judgment is you sitting and reflecting on that and seeing it come full circle seeing the cycles that has ended having an understanding of the life cycle i mean if you look at the imagery it has an angel sounding a trumpet it's representative of the angel gabriel and all these people are rising from the dead with their arms open wide when you look at it that angel is also seen in a few other cards including temperance and in the lovers And when it comes to temperance, temperance is number 14, which also resonates with the fours energy. And where the emperor is really about how you take that internal knowing that you have this God-given birthright to feel empowered and to step outside of your comfort zone, having this personal authority over your own life and implementing some sort of structure and order behind it through this knowledge that you've acquired. Temperance is really the internal version of that. Like, how are you staying in equilibrium within yourself? Are you managing your emotions? Well, how are you showing up in the world? And the lovers is about finding balance, like coming together of two people. This could even be indicative of like your own self, your yin and yang energy reaching this equilibrium. And that is a part of temperance. And again, when we look at judgment card, it's also kind of showing the end of an era like stepping into a new era and other decks like the Aleister Crowley decks is the Eon card to me it speaks of the shift that's going on we're entering a new decade and it's almost like the old 
generation before us is actually stepping out as new generation is stepping in to fill in that void that it's really offering us an opportunity to view the landscape from a bird's eye view and use that in order to pave a new path forward by really silencing that inner critic within you being able to take what works for you and really step up to the plate on a spiritual level because you're being supported by the energy of the universe that's also associated with this card beautiful and if you look at the smith rider weight version of the card like you were saying there are these like naked people who are coming from their graves up towards this beautiful angel and when i see that nakedness it makes me think about in order to reach the real truth inside of yourself the answers that you already have you have to be comfortable with being naked and being seen and their arms are all open wide And I think a really great affirmation that goes in alignment with this card to support us throughout this year is I am open to receiving. Mm. And that's something that I personally struggle with. And it's funny because when I meditate, I actually have to actively work on flipping my hands up to be open to receiving. (laughs) And it's this practice that I do with myself when I meditate because my arms naturally want to go down. And, and to me, body language is so big. Mm-hmm. So flipping my arms open when I'm meditating, that's me telling my brain and my body and the universe, my guides, everything that's here with us that we can see and can't see, that I am open to receiving. And that's how I welcome in bigger messages. That's how this podcast got birthed. You know, I had to be open to receiving this idea to actually do the damn thing. Hmm. You know, so it was a practice. So those are two things in the imagery that I see that really stand out to me as allies for this year ahead of us. Yeah. I heard you say that about the nakedness. And in my head, I thought purity and how for me in my adult life, acknowledging that I am getting older and through experience, I'm becoming a different person. But purity itself, I think it's something that can be regained. I think a lot of times throughout our lives as we're growing and changing, You know, we could very well seem aged, you know, or jaded at some points in our life. And to be able to reclaim that energy back for yourself, to reclaim the purity, to reclaim the innocence so that you can move forward into this newness, experiencing an abundant amount of experiences that can bring forth love and connections and all these other things. It's good to remind yourself that we can regain our innocence. You can go back out into the world less jaded and by letting go of all of these things that once shaped your life, because if you want to step into new space, you got to clear the space. Mm. Another thing that came to mind was thinking how sometimes words can hold a lot of energetic power. I also, because we're stepping into newness, want to almost challenge our ears that when we hear the word judgment, we can accept that word for what it is, but also think discernment because Mm. judgment itself could have a pretty heavy energy to it. And I think it can sound very old paradigm perhaps, but when you think of that same word and what it means, you could also use other words that can help uh, facilitate the, the same energy. And so discernment is something that I think with a higher level of awareness can transform the word judgment into discernment so that as you're moving forward and you are choosing new things for yourself in your life, you can have the trust within yourself that you're choosing from a different space. You're choosing to have learned from experiences, to have the discernment, to know by now uh, moving forward what direction you want to move in. And the definition of discernment 
is the ability to judge well. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I agree. The word judgment feels rigid mm-hmm. and it feels old and outdated. And it almost makes me want to contract in mm-hmm. like, oh, judgment. Ooh, I don't want to be judged. But when I think about discernment, it does open me up. Mm. So what in a, what a beautiful suggestion, Andreas. Mm. Thank you so much for providing that, something that had never occurred to me before. And now I'll be thinking about it all year long. Yeah. Thank you guys. You guys uh, helped to hold this space here to be able to, again, bounce off of each other and, and respect each other's uh, space to know that we are all co-creating, you know, and having our own inner dialogue with what it is that we're we're receiving so yeah that's awesome yeah and also like even looking at this now when i see that flag with the cross on it it seems like a crossroads to me it's almost Mm. like the the angel is delivering a message to you and you're at a crossroads whether you decide to like listen to that inner calling that message for something greater it's almost like awakening you to your life's purpose and whether you choose to do it or not it's up to you and again when you said about that contractive feeling in the word of judgment it's so funny because the card of it in itself it's asking you to expand and like reach this cosmic leveling up on a spiritual level these naked people down below are opening themselves up to receiving direction from their higher guides and their higher guides are almost calling out to them and rejoicing their, their existence. And Mm. so that reciprocation there from as above, so below is that's actually what I interpret from this image itself. Mm. There's also a mountain range in the judgment card as well, just like in the emperor card. And just thinking back, I don't know why I'm so hung up on this. I feel like I'll be talking about, the Mercury retrograde that happened in Scorpio of 2019 for fucking ever. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I'm just like, so many things came through in that time period for me. And I believe for everyone, whether you're aware of it or not, how funny is it that these people are coming out of the fucking water? (laughs) (laughs) Am I right? Like that's exactly what we all just went through. We're coming out of the water. Wow. A piece of us died in that water. We are reborn. There's a huge emphasis on rebirth and this angel singing down to us And what's coming through for me is, are you listening? Mm -hmm. Are you fucking listening? And And are you taking accountability? To yourself, yes. (laughs) Are you listening to yourself? And that's what this year is about. Jumping into the astrology. And we don't always talk about the moon phases in this podcast because the moon phases through signs very quickly. So the moon is going to be in each sign for about two and a half days. So it's only there for a short period of time and then it moves on. So we usually only talk about where the moon is when we have a large aspect to look at in conjunction with it, or we have a full moon or a new moon, something of that sort that holds a little bit more emphasis, not necessarily more power, but more of an emphasis for us. Something I find to be very interesting is that we have this 2020 new year, new decade, emperor card, which is ruled by Aries, and the moon is going to be in Aries on the very first day of the new year. And that tells me that we're really setting ourselves up to be the student, to be the child, to be the culmination of everything we've learned and to rebirth ourselves into this new era, like you were saying, Uni. And something that we talked about in the last episode, something that we'll be talking about in the overview for the year of 2020 episode which you should absolutely check out. It'll be out in a couple weeks is 
Jupiter is going to be in Capricorn all year long. And Jupiter in Capricorn is big ideas meeting reality. Capricorn wants to teach us how to make shit real, how to make shit last. So all these big ideas and adventures that you may have gone on over the last year, and honestly, I feel like there's a strong sense of over the last 10 years. Now with Jupiter and Capricorn, there's a lot of Capricorn energy happening. And this month, especially, is about making shit real for you. And getting real is fucking hard. It is. Yeah. And it's about being tactful. Yes. You know, being tactful in a very tasteful way because we don't necessarily have to be so rigid with judgment. Again, let's switch that word out to discernment. So have discernment, be practical. That's what Capricorn is highly representative of is the hard work, the actual work that goes into the results. You can't just expect the results because you're being open. You have to be open, but you also have to be diligent and get it in and make shit happen for sure. Mm. Yeah. On the very second day of the month, we're going to have Mercury, who is in Capricorn, conjuncting, which means that it's going to be in alignment with Jupiter also in Capricorn. So that's kind of kicking off this emphasis of Capricorn energy. It's been going on. It's been building as Saturn and Pluto are getting closer and closer together. These are very far out outer planets. So they take a while to meet. And we'll get to that in a second. But Mercury how you think, how you relay information, how you gather information, your thought process, being in alignment with how you experience and attract abundance and expansion. That's Jupiter energy in Capricorn. What you say and what you want, they need to be in alignment and they need to be real. So if you're saying things like, when you and I finally go to Mexico, it's going to be so great. Are you actually going to do that? Be careful and mindful of your words because you want to speak into reality what's really going to become. This is not a time for empty promises. And we're out of the ideation stage, which is Jupiter and Sagittarius, which is what we had over the last year. Now we're in the phase of what we say we actually need to walk that talk. Mm-hmm. We spent the last year talking a lot and walking a little and spending a lot of internal time. And there will still be lots of periods for that this year. We've got a lot of retrogrades going on, be a lot of internal work again. But if you're not putting in the work and the effort that it takes to make your ideas reality, your year is going to be harder. And you're going to feel that in, in January a lot because we have all these planets in Capricorn. So those outer planets that are meeting in Capricorn, that's something that you actually might not feel, usually. But because we have the inner planets also going through, and Jupiter all in that same sign, this Capricorn flavoring of the year, it's gonna be hard to overlook it. You're gonna be faced with the hard truths, which sounds scary, and dark and all of that but hey you know what it's not mercury retrograde in scorpio okay so <laughs> well maybe it sounds tedious and whatever but it can be very practical very rewarding very, very well driven and as you were talking about the mercury and capricorn conjunct jupiter and capricorn uh, my initial thoughts were oh wow things are aligning you know our words and and our realities our visions how can we unify them in a more beautiful way that seem feasible that seem 
tangible, if anything. And it reminded me of the judgment card and how in that image there were the people down in the water almost calling out to the heavens or opening themselves up to receiving the support and the guidance from their angels, from their guides, from whatever you want to call it. And all of this came back to as within, so without, as above, so below. You can look above and and send out your prayers, send out your wishes, but as below, you have to make the work happen and ground those two realities. Just as within, you know, you're going to be experiencing inner dialogue and that inner dialogue can turn into a reality when you put in the work. So we have to match these realities and make them tangible for ourselves so that we can start to experience the power of our own creation because we can say things and and make it sound like oh man i should really get back to the gym are you just saying that just because you're saying it or are you actually going to put in the work to get back in the gym you know there's that difference with the delivery of your words matching the action that you take yeah yeah and the universe is here to support us in taking that action because on the third we're going to have mars move into sagittarius and personally in my natal chart i have mars and sagittarius and I can tell you, being a Mars and Sagittarius person, we are very action-oriented. And Mars and Sagittarius, the way that we take action is going to require that we have advanced faith. Because Sagittarius as a sign, we just got through Sagittarius season. I hope it was wonderful for all of you guys. It is a sign that really does signify higher consciousness faith in the universe. And that means that if there's a risk that you've been considering taking, this might be the transit for you to really put that into action and not be afraid to fail. We all have to start somewhere. And mm. most of us start by sucking. Okay. <laughs> Even your favorite musician yeah, did not get that true. good by being good right off the fucking bat, unless they reincarnated and they just happened <laughs> to already be really good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Takes persistence for sure. And on that note, I think with Mars and Sag, um, not to be the one to speak of shadows, but you know me, I love <laughs> me some shadows. Um, so that's some real shit right there. <laughs> to think about this Capricorn energy that we're talking about with matching our words, with our actions, you know, I do want to talk about perhaps some shadowy aspects of what Mars can bring up. And Mars can bring up the aggression, the drive, the natural instincts to just act before doing mm. and thinking, maybe some raw energy or feelings of you know frustration or whatnot but with it being in Sagittarius there can be some opposing energies with this Capricorn energy that we're feeling that is feeling the need to get things done because we're receiving the insight to do it during this Mars and Sagittarius turning point it's also good to be observant of where we might be overextending ourselves because that Sagittarius energy is very good at thinking big and expansion and thinking of the larger picture but can also very well be overwhelmed with taking on too much and doing too much and saying too much and then feeling bad for not following through you know and so before we do feel our natural instincts to just say yes to everything I think it's a great time to really sit with ourselves see how this fits into our agenda does it complement our routine is it complementing our scheduling can we actually make these things happen because it's beautiful to think large and to have visions but right now it's a great time to make those visions practical tangible and feasible so that you can actually reap the rewards of your own manifesting powers. Yes. Mm. Something that a mentor of mine has said before is do your best not to overpromise and under deliver. So be aware of what you're saying you're going to do. That's what I was getting at. Mm -hmm. Be aware of what you're saying you're going to do. 
because you might not be able to do it and you might change your mind. You might not want to do it. There might be something else that comes along that takes away from it. And that's not to say that you shouldn't be speaking into the universe what you want and you, what you desire. But those conversations don't have to happen with other people. We as humans have a tendency to go to each other and then hit the ball back and forth on, well, what do you think this text message means? What do you think that this person is saying? Like, help me interpret this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what do you think it means? And if you don't have the answer, you haven't sit with it long enough. Sit with it longer. Mm. It's like I said earlier, are you listening to yourself? Yeah. If we're not observant of these things, you know, also be aware of this natural instinct again with Mars being that that uh, characteristic um, with it in Sagittarius. It can very well be also overextending ourselves to the point where you then want to run away. Mm. You know, you, you've thought too much, you've promised too much. And then your first reaction is like, ah, I just need to run away. And, you know, hey, if you need to go for it, I hope you run away into nature and find yourself again. But the truth is that you'll come right back and you'll think to yourself like, OK, got to start all over again. Fresh start. Let's get down. Let's make shit happen. Go, go, go at your pace. Yeah, it's about maturity. And that's what Capricorn really teaches us. If You have an evolved mentor, parent, authority figure in your life who is a sun sign Capricorn or who has strong Capricorn placements, tends to be a person that we look up to. You know, they're already at the top of the fucking mountain. That's the Capricorn energy. And that person is going to say to you, when you ask them for advice, and I really recommend that you do, before you go take a move, ask them, what would you do? And then ask yourself, does that align for me? And what I would do? Because often, someone who is that evolved and has that Capricorn energy will say, do what you can. Mm. Do what you can. And also be aware that just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should do it. But still so give it your best. Give it your best and ask yourself, is this in highest and best for me for real? So probably the biggest event taking place before the big, big event <laughs> <laughs> taking place in the month of January is that on January 10th, we're going to have a full moon lunar eclipse in Cancer. On that very same day, Uranus is going to station direct. It has been retrograde since August 11th of 2019. And this is the other half of the uh, new moon solar eclipse that happened in Capricorn on Christmas Day, just last month. When you think about a lunar eclipse, it's on a full moon, which is about releasing. If it's in Cancer which is the sign that rules the moon, we know that it's going to be supercharged with, with emotion. It might be an emotional day for you. So it might be something you want to write in your calendar, like, hey, January 10th, maybe not the best day to like meet up with your ex-boyfriend. I don't know. You know, like you might want to trigger yourself that day. It's a great day to go inward. I know that we have a lot of energy on full moons, there's a huge focus on like, go out and be in the world and socialize. 
But a full moon, lunar eclipse, and cancer? Stay in. Yeah. <laughs> stay in. It doesn't... Draw yourself a bath and stay in. I'm home. not saying you won't have a great time if you throw your party on the 10th of January. I'm just saying that you might cry about it later. <laughs> the, the full moons are usually, yes, a time of more emotional things that come up that surface. You know, the moon being its brightest at that point will illuminate certain things that perhaps have been laying in the dark the month leading up to it. So usually the full moons, I know for me, a lot is revealed. I'm wired. I can't even sleep the days leading up to it because there's just so much going on and processing. But in this polarity of the Cancer Capricorn relationship, it is going to not just be supercharged because it's a lunar eclipse, but like you said, the moon rules Cancer. So that's going to be another added element to it. But with Cancer Capricorn, this polarity, this relationship is very beautiful and interesting because every month these full moons are opposing in the sun and they're complete opposites. Cancer is a sign that represents the home, the security, the comfort that comes with your own space, how you are taking care of yourself, your loved ones, your immediate close friendships, partnerships. And Capricorn is the opposite in which it governs purpose with the outside world, your role in your environment and your community, your career life, your goals, your long-term endeavors. And so that energy on the full moon will allow you the space to really sit with where you stand in the middle. How are you not only contributing to your home life and making sure that your foundation is secure and rooted, but also how are you also taking that confidence to go back out into the world so that you can contribute to your community and your goals in a much more effective way. And so great time to sit with that. Uranus also stationing direct is another really powerful thing because Uranus rules global liberation, the, the global energy of what we are all going through. And it having been in retrograde was a beautiful time for us to reflect how it is that we are contributing to the planet. You know, what is it that we're, we're doing? How is it that we're consuming? Is our ecological footprint leaving or taking or giving back? It also allowed us a time to, because it was in Taurus and it will continue to be in Taurus until 2026, 2027, us globally and on a collective are starting to go inward and, and really redefine what we find valuable when it comes to our finances, our money, things that make us feel good. Are they really making us feel good because they're temporary or are they making us feel good because they're soul enriching? It's do I really need this? Right. That's such a Is this a, a want? Energy. Is this a desire or is this a need? You know, it's determining all of that and seeing how our investments are either playing into that future growth or allowing us to stay in cycles and patterns that need more attention that need more love and healing so this full moon again i can only imagine it's going to bring up a lot with that it's going to highlight some important areas within our lives um, when it comes to how we're contributing to our home life and how we're contributing to our roles in this society yeah and it's the first full moon of the decade which feels so exciting right mm -hmm. and there is a lot of power between it being a lunar eclipse in Cancer and also Uranus going direct, you're going to know where your emotions have been squeezed and what changes need to be made. It's a great day because it is a full moon to release emotional baggage. So if there's something that you've been beating yourself up about, like, hey, I didn't do this thing right, or maybe someone else is projecting some stuff onto you and you've just been swimming in it inside of yourself, like the water sign of Cancer, 
today on the 10th of January, full moon lunar eclipse, start out the new year by letting that shit go. Let that shit go. Let that shit go. (laughs) And it could come up with a lot in family matters too. Just FYI for all of y'all, if for some reason you start seeing you're being triggered by family, it could be that things are coming up from your childhood or conversations that have been laying dormant for a long time. It's okay. Know that you're going into it with a whole different perspective. Know that you have the capability of holding that much more space in your heart for not just your family, but for yourself. Cancer represents the home life. And maybe it's not family. Maybe it's your roommates or your partner. But that's your or, home. That's but again, you your home, your foundation. This might be a time where a lot will be revealed on the insight on how it is that you're feeling towards your home life. And if it's not feeling secure, I support you all and sitting with yourselves to see what it is that can be made as far as changes to get yourself more structured, more ordered, more organized and more rooted in your home life, um, because this is the perfect time to do it if you haven't yet. So, yeah. And we have, like I said, Mars is in Sagittarius just a week prior to this big lunar eclipse. So that energy is, you know what? I'm not feeling 100 percent about where I live or who I live with or whatever, So what can you do? Maybe you just need to rearrange the room. Maybe you need to kick the roommate out. (laughs) And on a positive note, maybe it could be that your home life is great, you know, and that you're actually really loving exactly how your life is flowing. You love your roommate. Like, I love mine. Shout out to you. I love you, Carlos. (laughs) But yeah, maybe this is a time where you can rejoice in that and celebrate that for yourself because it doesn't always have to be all shadows as well. It's, It's good to be aware and mindful of the fact that there could be some shadowy areas that still deserve your time, your attention and your love in order to heal it. But also it could be a great time for you to sit and rejoice in everything that you have created for yourself until this point. So if either end of the the balance or the spectrum is feeling imbalanced, then that is your key right there to step more wholly into the other side of that spectrum that is requiring your attention. Whether that be your work life or whether it be your home life, it could be either or it can be neither. But the point is, this is a great time to sit with the observation of where you are in your life so that you can clear that energy to feel great moving forward for the new year that's coming. Absolutely. And now we're going to jump into... The big power move that's happening to set up this whole year, pretty much every astrologer is talking about this. It's a big deal. What it is, is we're going to have Saturn form a conjunction with Pluto. These are power player planets. They're really far out. We can't see either one of them with the naked eye. On that same day, which this is the 12th of January, right after that powerful lunar eclipse in Cancer, Right after Uranus stations direct, Mercury is also going to conjunct with the two outer planets. Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, and Saturn has been in Capricorn since January of 2018. Saturn is much closer to us than Pluto, so Saturn transits through a lot quicker than Pluto. They both take longer than other planets, Uh, but we're not going to see another conjunction between these two planets again until 2053. So it takes a long time for these two power players to meet up and have a rendezvous. And it's happening now. It's happening this month. And the way that they move, you're already starting to feel the energy. The 12th is just the day of the exact conjunction. We will be feeling this all year long and absolutely all month long. And with Mercury being right next to Saturn and Pluto, it really is a gift because it's allowing us 
to bring into our psyche and our mind, hey, it's time for power, Pluto, to meet time, Saturn. And the last time that we had these two planets form a conjunction in the sign of Capricorn was a really long time ago. It was back in 1518. And when I looked for any major event that happened in 1518, what I found was something called the Dancing Plague. And I'm just going to share a little bit about that because honestly, I just think it's really entertaining and interesting. (laughs) So the Dancing Plague of 1518 was essentially... The folks who were living in Strasbourg, which was part of the Roman Empire way back then, there was hysteria and mania that broke out and people just started dancing pretty much nonstop and they danced themselves to death, some of these people. And it is very well documented. So it did really happen. I'm not making this shit up. Mm. It's going to sound like I did because it's kind of strange. But they're saying that it was more than 400 people who died by dancing themselves to death. And to this day, they still don't know what it is. There's rumors that somebody put a curse on these people. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they got their hands on some like really strange drugs <laughs> that lasted an extended period of time. But this went on for months. And this is how MDMA was discovered. None of these stuff. But it's just an interesting thing that took place. So there was this crazy, unexplainable event that happened the last time that these two major planets met in this exact same sign. So am I telling you guys, beware of dancing? No, (laughs) No, of course not. Dance your ass off. Dance your ass off. Don't dance yourself to death. (laughs) But it does make me think about what is the dance that's going on right now. And I think that the dance that's going on right now does have to do with power. And it does have to do with time. Saturn reminds us we do have limitations because we only have so much time on this planet. We don't know when we're all going to go. But we're, we all know that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And we're also all pretty good about forgetting that. When we say something mean to someone and then walk out the door and storm away, we don't think about the consequence of if we don't ever get to say I'm sorry or if we don't ever get to say I love you. And if you're listening to this and you've lost someone, then you know that more than anybody. And I'm so sorry for your loss. It's difficult shit. Time is hard. Time is one of the toughest teachers. That's why Saturn is difficult. That's why you should go listen to the Navigating Your Saturn Return episode if you haven't already (laughs) on the podcast. If you don't know where your Saturn is, start looking into it. This will teach you a lot about how this transit's going to affect you. And Saturn and Pluto do meet in other signs over time. These two planets haven't met in Capricorn since 1518, but they have formed a conjunction in other signs since then. So back in 1851, they met in Aries, fire sign. 1883, they met in Taurus, Earth. In 1915, in Cancer, Water. 1951, in Leo, Fire. 1982, in Libra, Air. It is a transit that is, it's going to be hard work, guys. But your allies through this transit, because we're going to be feeling this energy pretty much all year long, is to be patient with yourself. Is to check in with yourself and say, hey, do I have the bandwidth to actually execute the things that I'm saying that I'm going to execute? Do I need to call in a favor? Do I need to call someone to the table to collaborate and help me through this? Do I need to find a mentor? Do I need to look outside or do I need to look within? And I think it's going to be very important to 
get aligned with time management and to be okay with telling other people no and honoring the commitments that you do set out so that you can build more confidence through this powerful conjunction. And on the 13th, we're going to have Venus move into Pisces. And Venus and Pisces, I know, Andreas, that you have natal Venus and Pisces. Yes, I do. So what do you think about that transit? Venus and Pisces, I think it's a great time to culminate unconditional love. With just the Pisces energy itself being the last of the signs, it carries a little bit of every other sign in it to reach that last trait before the cycle starts itself all over again. And so this is a great time to be very open-minded when it comes to forms of the heart knowing that we have the capability of being unconditional with our love if unconditional love seems like a challenging thing it is challenging quite honestly but this is a great time to harness that ability to do that at the same time it's a great time to also remind yourself of boundaries because venus and pisces is a very dreamy characteristic or traits you can get lost in the potential or the idea or the illusion so it's good to remind yourself that you know you do have big enough heart space to be compassionate be unconditional be supportive to other people but also to know your limits and to know that you don't always have to take on much more than you can handle you might want to be there for so many people that you love whether it be emotionally physically but if you're overextending yourself and not giving yourself the self-care that's necessary you won't be able to show up for these people regardless of how much your intentions are there to be there for them yes We also have on the 16th of January, Mercury is going to move into Aquarius. Y'all are both Aquariuses. So I'm curious, what do you think about this alignment of our thought process with the Aquarius energy? You can't you can't fake it with this Aquarius energy. I think Aquarius is really good at holding space for a lot of people and being able to hear people out and kind of just let people feel comfortable. But Aquarius likes to always be the quirky one to give in their two cents or their their piece of information that comes in very unconventional ways. It can also be very shocking. Um, So processing information right now might come at you out of the blue and you might all of a sudden get an interest for a new hobby or a new idea and i say go with it you know yeah this uh mercury and aquarius also i don't know it's an open invitation to go out there and socialize create the connections with the people that are outside in the world doing the things that are really feeding your heart's desire and your hopes and dreams I feel that this energy is like making me more willing to put myself out there to connect with these people, like showing up to that German class. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because it is it is also a networking. Aquarius rules uh, connection and community. And, you know, to be able to go out into the world to find that community that you're wanting to be a part of comes with getting to know yourself on a personal level to know what it is that interests you on a deeper soul level so if you are very interested in a culture or in an instrument that creates guidelines for you to then go out and venture into the communities that are associated to those interests Um, so it's a great time to put yourself out there and to try to make new connections and build on um, new resources as well that are really sparking you on a deeper level And it's going to kick off Aquarius season, which happens just four days later on the 20th of January. We have the sun move into Aquarius and then we have the new moon that is, of course, in Aquarius. That's going to be on Friday, the 24th of January. It's our first new moon of the year. 
It's our first new moon of the decade, mm. and it's in your guys' home sign. So any Beautiful. suggestions for ways that folks can put that energy into action for themselves? Yeah. Be open to the ideas of things not coming to you in such common ways. Be open to unconventional ideas. You know, you might start all of a sudden, like I said, getting inspired to want to do new things, you know, and, and you might even think to yourself like, well, that's weird. Why would I all of a sudden be interested in that? Well, don't question it. I say, just go for it. Aquarius is a very weird, quirky, spontaneous energy. And if you're getting sudden bursts of energy to want to engage in new endeavors, now's the time to do it. This new moon energy is supporting you to do things differently and to trust in your instincts to go out there and make the connections that you know are going to get you closer to your end result goals. And the very next day on the 25th is the Chinese New Year for those who celebrate and those who don't. It's going to be the year of the rat. And the last time we had the year of the rat was in 2008. Wow. Isn't there a a type of rat that it will be this year it's a metal rat and uh as far as the rat energy goes it's interesting that it's also the start of a new decade but the rat's also the first animal in the chinese zodiac and because of that it represents the yang energy and it's the beginning of a new dawn and i feel that that also corresponds to that aries energy that's along with the emperor card and it's really a good time for wealth for surplus for taking unlucky situations and turning them lucky it's time to take advantage of opportunities and to get organized be resourceful yeah and the way that we take action and the way that we dream need to be in alignment. Mm. And that brings me to what I want to end this episode with, which is I want to share my word for the year. I like to choose one word every year that I focus on. I feel like it's so much easier than a phrase. Do what feels good for you. But the word that I've chosen for 2020 is alignment. If it's not in alignment for me, it's not for me. And I'm curious, what are your guys' words? For me, it's courage. And I think just because... I always have to ask myself, am I going to have the courage to step into the unknown? And I think there's nothing scarier than the unknown. But you find once you've taken that first step, it all just unfolds in front of you. And you just have to be courageous enough to really get down and do it. Love it. And what about you, Andreas? What is your word? Integration. Because I have sat with myself long enough to have cater to my individual needs and values and wants and you know now having this abundance of information on myself this is now my year to integrate that all into my everyday life so i'm looking forward to that awesome thank you guys so much for joining me as usual lovely having you both here thank you to our listeners for joining us and here's a challenge to you think about a word that works for you and if you really don't have one borrow one of ours alignment, courage, integration. Maybe you even go out and grab discernment for yourself. You can have more than one word that helps guide you through this year. We hope that it's a wonderful, soulful year. We'll be here with you every month to help guide you through it. And thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And see you soon.